It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. It is the virtual Scott and Cat After 9 Podcast. Can we stop with this shit, this madness, this insanity, this craziness that is going on around us, please? I laughed a couple of times today because... You know, we during the summer we we saw a lot of everything going virtual, right? It, the spring it became a thing, right? And people were, I think, at first they weren't necessarily like jacked about it, right? They weren't like super pumped about the fact that their favorite things that they were going to be doing or their award shows that they were going to be watching or whatever went virtual. But it was new, so it was kind of like, all right, this is exciting. Let me log online and become a part of this virtual event. And then in the summertime, for me anyway, it got to be a little like. Oh, all right. Well, maybe I'll check it out, but I kind of don't want to sit in front of my uh, screen and do this. Like, it's not the same as being there. And now I'm kind of just full-blown sick of everything needing to go virtual. At the same time, from a business point of view, I mean, I understand that there's people that are working for that, um, whatever it might be, a festival that comes up once a year, and now it's going to go virtual. So you got to keep those employees busy doing something. So a virtual something with a... uh, potential to attach a sponsorship that gets you money is something compared to not having anything at all, I suppose. But as a spectator, as a customer, and as an attendee, I don't like it. I just don't like it. It's dumb. They've announced what the auto show is going virtual the in February. Show. Yeah. And the auto show is an experience, you know, being there physically was always an experience. And I've been to a few of them and no, not necessarily even for the cars, more for a social gathering. And there's usually a bar, so I'm cool with that. And that whole experience of it was something, right? And then you can actually see it with your own eyes. And yeah, so what are they doing? Posting photos and videos, that's all? Yeah, you're just going to put up pictures of cars. Guess what the internet is full of? <laughs> pictures of cars. Hey, you can do your own virtual auto show anytime you want. Yeah. You don't need to do a virtual auto show. That's right up there with this year they're going to do the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in America virtually. A parade virtually is stupid. Uh, that's right up there with when they just tried to do the virtual Canada Day celebrations with virtual fireworks. That's not why people oh. watch fireworks is for the fireworks. It's oh. the experience. Virtual fireworks is the war. That has to be one of the worst. Virtual rib fest was fucking dumb. I don't know what they were thinking. Hey, sit here and watch the ribs cook. You got to be kidding me, right? Yeah. You got to be shitting me. Like I said, there's just, they got to do, I think they feel like they have to do something in order to keep people interested. And I do feel bad for a lot of them. I do because that's how they make their money, right? These festivals and the fairs, you know, everything that usually happens this time of year, the fall home shows and the expos, the psychic expos and everybody's losing money. Suck Every, it up. Everyone is losing money. It's true. But at least, I mean, you have, it's an option. It is an option. I, I don't mind the stuff that comes with like a box. And you had mentioned this October. Tell me more about this in a sec. But you had mentioned about the Oktoberfest kits and some of the kits I, I, I don't mind. I got a couple of kits throughout the spring and summer when I wasn't able to do anything else really. And some of them are, are worth the money. They are. Other ones, maybe not so much. So you try to sell me or tell me why it's horrible. Uh, these Oktoberfest kits now. Sam Adams has teamed up with Auntie Anne's, that pretzel snacky kind of company. You'll see them at rest stops in America. Uh, they call it the Big Oktoberfest Kit. Because Oktoberfest has been canceled due to COVID-19, Sam Adams is encouraging you to get drunk at home instead. Hmm. Like we've been doing anyway for yeah. the last six months. I've so been they, celebrating Oktoberfest since March. <laughs> <laughs> so they want, they've teamed up with Auntie Anne's Pretzels, 
for the Oktoberfest at Home kit. They say it comes with everything you need to celebrate. Each kit comes with a six-pack of Sam Adams Oktoberfest beer, ten soft pretzels, four sets of Lederhosen suspenders, four hats, two glass steins, and four beer koozies, mm-hmm. plus a recipe book and an Oktoberfest playlist. 89 bucks US at GiveThemBeer.com. The only thing of value in all that is the beer steins and the six-pack. Well, you can get a six-pack in America for about $4, and a beer stein is three each. So eh, they're making a lot of money off of this, nearest I can tell. But if you're interested, Food and Wine on Instagram is promoting this kit. Again, Oktoberfest virtually is silly. People go to Oktoberfest for the socialization, for the dancing, to listen to the, the German bands, that sort of thing. Well, maybe I shouldn't be saying this given the market we're in. <laughs> yeah, and look, ours ours here in KW, and I think most people have heard of Kitchener Waterloo's Oktoberfest. It's massive. It's biggest massive. Bavarian festival outside of Germany. It's 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 huge. It's I I mean I go every single year. I've been every single year since I can remember, and obviously it's it's not happening this year. But they are doing some events virtually, and I know there's some businesses that are celebrating it and doing those kind of at home things, and that's great. And where we can where we can support local, it is nice, but it's not the same. I'm not sure if they're trying to tout it to be, hey, it's the exact same, guys, because they know it is different. But I also understand they need to do what they can because there's this is a business, too. Um, but yeah, it will be different. Um, there's some, on, yeah, some online stuff, but they're also thinking about doing some in-person stuff. <laughs> My guess is more like a drive up and get your schnitzels and things like that. And that's fine. Anytime I've gone to Oktoberfest, I didn't see a lot of people sitting around eating schnitzel. I mean, maybe for the morning events, but for the most part, it was really just drinking beer. It was mostly about drinking. And then you had your late night. Um, For me, and usually the cruise I go with, it was a late night. Like, we should probably take a pretzel to go. And then you just take your pretzel, your schnitzel, and you get out. Mm. Okay. Well, $89 if you're interested. Uh, By the way, let me just circle back here and touch on something I said. Everybody's losing money right now. It is remarkable. How many people are freaking out right now because the papers and such keep pointing out that the CERB is about to end and people don't know what they're going to do because the new version of the CERB, there's going to be a lot of people that aren't eligible for it. And there's also people who, and this is something that the government didn't take care of. They still haven't taken care of the students. Remember that student grant program that that the got all fucked up with the WE program? Right. <laughs> there's right. still nothing in place for students. We have completely hung students out to dry in all of this. However... That aside, there's a lot of people who have a side hustle, and there was never anything to take that into account. There's a lot of people who have a regular nine-to-five job, but then they go out and they, I don't know, waitress at night, or they dress up as a princess and do kids' parties like they're Cinderella, or they... uh, uh, have a big inflatable screen that they take to people's houses and you can do a pool party and watch movies and shit. Like there's so many different ways that people have got a side hustle. And even if you lost your nine to five and you got compensated for that with the CERB, nobody made up that extra money that you lost. And the irony I find in all this is the government is quite right when they point out people lost their income through no fault of their own. You're right. It wasn't our fault. It was your fault. (laughs) You guys are the ones who let this happen. So we should be compensated for a lot more than we are. And the CERB, it saves some people. 
It really did. That $2,000 a month was the difference between having somewhere to live and being homeless for some people. But it didn't go nearly far enough to make up for the losses that people sustained. And when it comes to that side hustle, there was nothing that compensated you for that lost income. Yeah. And, and, and if you if you have a $30,000 a year job, but you make an extra 10 on the side, your annual income is $40,000. But because that 10 wasn't part of the other job, you didn't get compensated for that. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, and we're talk and we shouldn't talk about it like it's in the past. Like the serb, you know, was was losses like it's in the past because we know that like it's not it's not going to get it's not going to get better. It's not going to go away. And it sucks. We're still going to have to shell out. The government is going to have to shell out a lot more money. And I certainly hope that they do because businesses are going to get screwed. And I know some people, um, you know, personally in my own circle that we're looking at these numbers recently, Scott, and we were supposed to get together this week and we're all going, you know what? Let's hold off. Let's just wait because I'm not doing this right now. I'm not, even if it's an outdoor patio restaurant scenario, uh, a lot of them are backtracking here and going, okay, nope, 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 nope. False start. I'm waiting. Okay. So that affects businesses too, you know? Oh, you're absolutely right. And I think businesses are, boy, we lost some in the first lockdown. We're going to lose a ton in the second one. And even Premier Ford said yesterday, as sure as I'm standing here, there is a second wave coming. And he said, I pray to God that I'm wrong, but there is a second wave coming. It's just a matter of how bad it's going to be. And really, we're the only ones who have any say in that. But before we talk about these divorce stories that I want to get to, just quickly on that and, and this second wave, I don't know that you really have to worry that much. We hear these numbers like today, uh, Tuesday, September 15th, 251 new cases today in Ontario, 313 yesterday. That's bad, but 78% of the cases are Toronto, Peel, and Ottawa. Yeah. And I, somebody messaged me this morning saying they want to pull their kid out of school and make them distance learn in London. Well, they had six new cases in London yesterday. They've got very few active. And even though there is now an outbreak at Western University because a whole bunch of people, students, went to the bars downtown. Mm-hmm. It's generally fairly safe in London if you go by the numbers. Toronto? Yeah, I would probably cancel that gathering. In fact, I have a feeling that Toronto, Peel, and Ottawa may go into a a modified regional lockdown. I could see them being encouraged to work from home. I could see them closing indoor dining again. And gathering limits dropped right back down to maybe even stage one gathering limits. Because they just don't seem to get it, and it's spreading like crazy there. Yeah. One person infects another person, infects another person, and this is how these things get out of control. We all watched it happen not even six months ago. Well, and that's why I think a lockdown of some kind, um, you know, we say lockdown, but even going back to a phase two, it sucks to hear that when you do run a business that, you know, you were hoping that would finally make some money again. But unfortunately, if people aren't doing things the way that they should be doing them and doing things properly, it's not going away. Like, nothing's changing here. The only thing that we've changed is we've opened things up and hope that people wear their masks. But if people aren't wearing their masks and doing their due diligence of keeping socially distanced, then it doesn't fucking matter. We have to shut it down again. People are becoming doctors based on an observation. And what I mean by that is it's amazing how many people, you know, they're cautious. Like when they go into a, a gas station to pay for their gas, they'll put their mask on and eh, yeah, yeah, I'm in line at Walmart. So I'll distance from the person in front of me. Fine, fine. I'm doing all the right things. 
But then they'll have a, a, a Sunday football party with pizza and wings and invite a whole bunch of people over. And, oh, it's fine. That's my friend Bob. Right. Bob's not sick. I know Bob. Yeah. You don't know Bob's not sick. Just yesterday, I played golf with my dad. And after the round, we shook hands. We always do when I win. And <laughs> you, had to throw in a, you had to throw in that you won. <laughs> he hasn't beat me in five months. <laughs> it's great. In any case, um, we shook hands. And I thought to myself as I was pulling out of the golf course heading home, I should sanitize. I know my dad. I love my dad. But I don't know where my dad's been. I, he was at his office working before we played golf. Right. Did he pick something up when he was there? Did he stop off and buy a sandwich on the way to the course and maybe pick something up at a takeout place? I don't know. You can't trust anybody right now. Only you can look out for you. And frankly, I get it. I get people that are like, no way. Hell no. We're not going back to stage two. The government's lying and then they're screwing with the numbers. Okay, fine. If you believe that, fine. But what you need to understand is you're not going to have a say in this. You want to take your mask off? You think it's stupid that we got to wear a mask? Help us get the numbers down, and then we can all take our mask off. I don't like wearing a mask either, but we've got to get the numbers down. And even you no. as a, an anti-masker must understand that until we get the numbers down, nobody is going to stand at the podium at Queen's Park or in Ottawa and say, yeah, we're good. You can go ahead and take your masks off now. We're not going to be taking our masks off until there's a vaccine and people actually take the vaccine. Like, or that's until the, we get no truth. cases. Sure, we can we can go ahead. But even with like one, two cases, like what, what do you expect? Like you expect zero? You expect zero across the board? Sure, that's a lovely thought, but that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Which means- New Zealand did it. But yeah, New Zealand was it, smart about it. New Zealand closed their borders. They didn't let anybody in. And then they ended up with cases again. They did. Right. And then they went back into a hardcore lockdown for a couple of weeks, which they're coming out of now. Well, and you're exactly saying what my point is. A hardcore lockdown is what fixed that. We're not having a hardcore lockdown. This is not what's happening right now. So we have to wear our masks. Unless you want, you, you can't fucking have your cake and eat it too. You either go into a more hardcore lockdown and get your cases to zero and live without your masks in your own fucking bubble. And I, I don't mean the bubbles we have now. I mean your own little family bubble and that's that. Or wear your fucking masks and get the privilege of having some things open and be able to do things. You cannot have it both fucking ways. I don't understand why people think that that's a possible thing. It's not going to happen until that vaccine is here. Period. The end. I think that there are people who are second guessing their decision to put kids in school. And that's fine. But we talked about this briefly yesterday. I did follow up on that later on in the day. I talked to a friend who's a principal yesterday. And I asked about that. Like, if somebody wants to, I, I get that if you've opted for distance learning, your first chance to get back into school isn't until Thanksgiving. What about the other way around, though? What if somebody wants to pull out of school and go distance learning now? In that particular board, which she's not a spokesperson, so I'm not going to say which board, they're not letting you do that. If you're in school, you're in school. No switches until Thanksgiving. And that's because of their numbers. They, they had uh, X number of people say right at the beginning, I want a distance. And then they had another X number of people that said, I want to go to school. And they based all their numbers and class sizes and staffing decisions based on that. But so many people in the first week tried to pull out and go to the virtual school that there's a major shortage of teachers in virtual school. And Every time they pull another kid out of a classroom, an actual classroom at the physical school, 
it screws with the numbers. And now we're getting to a point where they can't have a class that's got like six people in it and taking up a whole teacher's day. So they're going to take those six and put it in a class that had 20. That's the only option because they need more teachers to go and do the the distance learning. I never anticipated in all of this that the harder part would be staffing the virtual school. I thought it'd be easy. But anyway, because there's so many people inquiring, the answer is going to be no in some school boards. They're not letting you switch to online. So now you're stuck in a situation where you want to pull them out. You realize you made the wrong decision before school started. You don't think it's safe. You don't have an option. Mm. You don't want to be at regular school, and now you can't get into virtual school. It's bizarre. Yeah. I don't well, think people have ever been told no before. Yeah, really. Well, I Especially mean, by a school. If it gets worse, they're going to cancel it anyway, and then you'll be fine. So we'll see how it goes. Well, this is the thing. I mean, maybe they should just go all online. It seems to be working for the kids who have actually started it up, but the boards that have started it up are the boards that don't really have a problem. So again, it comes back down to the numbers. Got to get the numbers under control. Um, Great thread here. This is from Reddit. Tell me the moment you knew your marriage was over. Some of these stories are great. I'm going to read them to you. You let me know after each story if we need to discuss. Here's the first one. When I read her texts to another dude about how much fun she had screwing him. Oh, there it is. And how quickly they could marry once she was free. We got divorced four months later. And then those two lovebirds broke up shortly after that because he wouldn't leave his wife. Oh, my. Well, that backfired for you, didn't it, no Chicky Poo? shit. Uh, so they were two married people having an affair, planning a life together. She got out of her marriage, but he wouldn't get out of hers or out of his. Yeah, yeah. That's messed up. And he's just sitting there laughing, going, what were you doing? What are you thinking? But you know what? That was someone that was unhappy in that relationship anyway. It's not like you go back to that person, right? It's not like you say, oh, all right, well, it didn't work out with the guy you cheated on me with, so let's work this out. It's very seldom that you'll get someone who is willing to do that. This one says, we were living with her parents so we could afford for her to be a stay-at-home mom. I was very unhappy living with her parents, and I told her I want to move out. She said, the only way that's happening is if I double my income because she's not going to work. So I moved out without her. Ooh. Ooh. You must really hate living with her parents. (laughs) You know what? Either we move out or I'm moving out. That's how bad that situation got. Wow. A lot of people, though, especially with a kid involved, might tough that out. Nope. Yeah, he was just on his way. Yeah, but you you know you have to. You, every dynamic is so different. Some people can live with their with their in laws, for example, and everything's great, fine, wonderful, perfect. Right? They're helping around the house. They're helping with your kids, or you're in their house and they're doing everything to help you. They're basically a built in you know babysitter. Their grandparents, but they're a built in babysitter doing this. Other relationships, it might take a toll on your relationship. And you don't want that, right? You want to be able to appreciate them. You want to be able to show up at their house and be like, wow, what a nice visit and have a good time and not have all those little things that piss you off about living with them constantly in the back of your mind 24-7. And some people really just truly do want to be with their families and not have anybody else, family or not, involved. And that can be a deal breaker. Here's one from Coma79. My wife wanted a break, so I moved out. I came back to collect some items and found condoms in the trash. Mm-hmm. Honestly, she did me a favor. 
Mm. Why lie? You didn't want to break. You wanted to move on. You wanted to have a fling. Yeah. That's not a break as in let's take some time apart and see how we feel after the time apart or let me have a little me time. That was a you and another dude time. He's right, though. She probably did him a favor. Yeah. Um, My spouse sent me an email that said he didn't love me anymore. However, I actually knew when he announced his engagement to an 18-year-old a few days after we signed the divorce papers. Oh, there you go. I was a little slow there. That's from Betty. It is amazing how many people have their aha moment after the breakup had already happened or after they signed the divorce papers. Mm-hmm. But when they kind of know, but they're not sure, and they're having like second thoughts, and they're going, are we, are we doing the right thing? Is this happening? And then they find something out, or they have that moment of going, Oh my God. Yes. Like, thank God I did this. What a, what a horrible person. And I had no idea it was happening. Kind of like that scenario. I wonder how many people can relate to these stories that we're doing right now. How many people listening right now can be like, yeah, I know exactly what that person's talking about. A friend of mine had that kind of aha moment when he had split up with his wife and he went to go pick up stuff from what was their house together. Um, I don't know. I think the divorce papers were about to be signed or something. And I think he was on the fence with it. It seems went to the house and kind of similar to the condom thing, saw fresh flowers at a note from a guy to her. So knew that she was probably seeing that particular person before they had really broken up. And that was the moment of, okay, fuck you, basically. This from uh, first to fall one. I knew it was over when we ended up in therapy, but his mom showed up instead of him. (gasps) What? You guys went to couples counseling and he didn't even go? His mom went to try and save your marriage? Dude, what is with those kinds of people? I don't get it. Never will. Nope. This from Insert Caffeine. I'd just come home from another 12-hour shift at work. The baby's diaper was dirty. The house was a mess. The sink was stacked with dishes. And my now ex was goofing around on the computer like always. I had a light bulb moment where I just realized then it was easier to do it alone. Wow. Hey, sometimes you have that moment, right? When the light bulb goes off and you think, the fuck am I doing? How many people have been in that scenario where they realize they're doing all of the heavy lifting? That's insane. When I was in the hospital after delivering our baby via C-section, he asked if he could bring me some food the next day. I said, I want a burrito. He said he wasn't going to a Mexican place. He was going to Panera. The next day, he walked in with a Panera bag, sat down, and proceeded to eat his lunch in front of me. Didn't get me anything. He said, you never told me what you wanted. She ended it over Panera bread versus a burrito. And don't get me wrong. Burritos are damn delicious. (laughs) I get it. When you want a burrito, you want a burrito. No, it's the scenario of it. It is the what's deep down inside really happening there. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. I've been in that exact seat before. After post C-section, I just fucking conquered so much shit. I just had your baby in maybe the most traumatic way I could have thought of. You can't bring me anything at all. If you're bringing it for yourself, especially, it's not like she was demanding he bring her something to begin with. He asked. But maybe that's, of course, piling onto a bunch of other things. No doubt about it. All of these things you mentioned, it's probably on top of other things, right? 
Last one. This is from JP King 10. When she hid and lied about her $35,000 credit card debt at a 29% interest rate, (gasps) then threw a tantrum because I told her she could not go on a mini vacation with her friend. Okay, money, 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 money and money. Mm -hmm. Every single time. I mean, money creates problems in relationships, especially when one person's real diligent about saving or about paying off debt or whatever, and the other person's a little more carefree with their money. Some people look at a $35,000 balance on their line of credit and think, eh, whatever. Minimum payment's only 100 bucks, so I pay 100 bucks every month and I'm good. They don't think about that 29% interest rate and the accumulation and the hit on your credit and things like that. But that will literally drive the other person crazy knowing that there's a $35,000 debt out there that's in their name. And the sneakiness of it, right? It's the money plus sneakiness. That always equals trouble. You know, Mm -hmm. money is one thing when you tackle it head on and you realize you have a problem and you take it on as a team. But when you have someone sneaking around, hush-hush, spending the money or keeping these things secret, that's where the problem really lies. A couple other things here. On the food front, it's been leaked that the next great invention from Hershey's and Reese's is going to be a new peanut butter cup. It's going to be a larger peanut butter cup than we're used to. It will still have Reese's chocolate, Reese's peanut butter, but it will also have potato chips in it. Mm. They say this is a fabulous combination of sweet and salty. Do you want a little bit of crunch when you bite into your Reese's peanut butter cup? I'm totally okay with this. This actually doesn't completely... And I always say don't mess with a good thing. And a Reese's peanut butter cup is totally fine. But Reese has a way of doing things where they still maintain that Reese taste. It's still the same tastes. But with a little crunch, I think it would actually be all right. It's not too far off from the original recipe of the Reese. You're just adding something salty and delightful. I don't see this being a bad thing, really. I think this is great. And I'll give Reese's credit. Whoever it is in their R&D department that that develops these things and then tests them does a real good job. Because I'm sure not every idea they have actually goes into production. But when they decided to take Reese's peanut butter cups, but then put in chunks of Reese's pieces... That was fabulous. A little bit of crunch in your cup was pretty damn good. So whoever came up with that, home run. Now, chips, fucking right. Let's do it. Now we go over to Taco Bell. They're going to start selling wine. And, And let's be perfectly honest. This is a gimmick. This is a promotion. Yeah. And because, I mean, that said, it is not like Taco Bell has a vineyard somewhere. This is a wine that's partnered with Taco Bell for this promotion. Sure. This is really to launch their toasted cheesy chalupa, which features six-month-age sharp cheddar cheese toasted onto the iconic chalupa shell to create a crispy blanket of toppings. Okay, (laughs) fine. But they're selling it with wine, and the wine is called the Jalapeno Noir. I'm assuming that's like a Pinot Noir, but it's Jalapeno Noir. I don't know if it's spicy or not, but it's legit. It is at Taco Bell Canada, and it's available as of tomorrow, Wednesday, September the 16th. You can order it from the Taco Bell website, 25 bucks a bottle, which is expensive for a bottle of wine, but it's also not expensive for a bottle of wine. I, some people go to vintages, for example, exclusively. They drop 50, 60 bucks on a bottle. You can just go into the regular part of the LCBO and get a bottle for 12. Right. 
So it's right in the middle there. You can also get a bottle of this if you're in Hamilton or Toronto listening through Uber Eats. You can order it on the app and they'll deliver. That's cool. I love it. That's one of the great things about this pandemic that I hope never changes. I like the fact that when you order takeout, you can get booze. Sometimes if you're ordering in, let's say, burritos, maybe you're ordering Taco Bell. It's kind of nice that you can add a six-pack onto that. Yeah, why not? Or a couple of tall boys. It's convenient, and we all love and need convenience. Starbucks has made a change, too. What's up, Starbucks? It's actually kind of amazing that they didn't do this before the middle of September 2020. But now you don't have to pay on the app to get the stars. Stars are their point system. So until now, if you didn't use the app to pay, let's say you use tap or you use cash, you didn't get your stars, your rewards. Now you can scan the app, get your stars, and then pay however you want. Very similar to the Tim Hortons model. Good. That's it's great. Smart. No, it's very, very smart. I'm, I'm glad that they do it because I've been in that scenario before where I'm like, oh, I want to collect my stars, but my money's down to like $4 and what I'm about to order is 6 So, all right, load up my card and then we'll get it so I can get my stars rewards. And yeah, it makes sense that now you don't have to. Why not? And their drive through has been so popular. So that rewards program has really done well for them because so many people are opting to drive through and get their Starbucks. You know what? Their Starbucks rewards actually add up to something, which is good. I give uh, PC such credit because the PC Optimum rewards are fantastic, and they actually add up to a decent amount of money. It's great to check your PC Optimum app and see, holy shit, I got like 200 bucks worth of stuff here. That's amazing. That's like money. I can use it. Great. Tim Hortons, eh. You order a couple of coffees and you get 10 points. It takes, I think, 80 points to even get a free coffee. That's okay. But the Starbucks ones, we all know how much a drink is. Well, those stars accumulate quickly, and it only costs, like, I think it's 140 star points to get a a latte or to get a cappuccino. When you go through the drive-thru and it should be a $5 bill and they say, no charge, that's great. That feels like I got something valuable. Yeah, it's true. And they do food, too. So if you collect enough points, you can do that. So, But you got to get there. My thing is, I usually I'll wait until I get the coffee, and then I'll just get the coffee every single time. Mm-hmm. My problem with uh, Starbucks food is it's good, and I really like their pumpkin bread. It's available at this time of year, too, which is awesome. But $3 for a, essentially a slice of banana bread oh, seems pretty ex- extensive. I think Starbucks knows that they, they have that reputation. I like the, the ceviche egg bites. I don't know if you've ever had them. They're so good. So good. And they're not cheap. But they are like the best, like anywhere ever, drive through eggs available. And they're keto friendly and they're great and they're easy to munch on, snackable. I totally recommend them. But on, to your point, they don't come cheap. I want to wish the best to the people of, wow, this is quite the stretch, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, who are all in the path tonight of Hurricane Sally. Sally! I love weather. I think you know that I love weather. And the what's going on in the Atlantic and in the Gulf and even in the Eastern Pacific is pretty crazy right now. There are five named storms in the Atlantic Basin and or the Gulf of Mexico right now. Five of them. That hasn't happened in 50 years. You know what else hasn't happened in a long time? The fact that I don't need to worry about relatives who are heading to anywhere 
where there's going to be hurricanes. Now that hurricane season is here, there's always someone. I'm always worried for a friend or a family member because I'm like, hurricane season, what are you doing? Why are you going off to Florida? Why are you going off to there? But this is the first year that at least, you know, I worry for the people who live in all those areas and I wish them all the best. But it's amazing. It's the first time it's not personally impacting me where I'm like, oh, here we go. Now I got to worry about my aunt or my dad and my mom or whatever. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you want to get a real cheap vacation, it is super cheap to go to the Caribbean in October. It's also peak hurricane season, and there's a very good chance you're going to end up indoors for the whole thing. So, I mean, you take your chance. But you're right. Nobody's traveling right now. Uh, The neat thing about Sally, though, actually, I find it neat as a weather geek, but it's not neat if you happen to live there. This storm came up, and it's basically stalled. Right now, it's only traveling... At five kilometers an hour, you could outrun this hurricane right now. But the fact that it's close to shore and only moving at five kilometers an hour means in that really warm water as it gets close to the coast in the Gulf of Mexico, that's like jet fuel for a hurricane. That category two could easily go to a three, maybe even a four because it's in warm water and just offshore traveling so slowly It's double or even triple the amount of time that people along the coast are going to get storm surge and they're going to get battered with those rains and battered with those winds. Right now, the winds are at 144 kilometers an hour. Wow. That's nuts. And it's going to get stronger in all likelihood. They figure it will actually come ashore somewhere near the Mississippi-Alabama state line late today or early tomorrow. Man, America's in a bad way right now. In not every only, sense of the word, Scott. Not only are they incredibly divided, but they've got protests happening over here. Hurricanes coming down there. The whole left side of it's on fire right now. And it's wild because the fires right now that are burning in California and in Oregon and, and places like that, we're suffering for it. The worst air quality in the world right now is in British Columbia, Vancouver, to be specific. So these fires, even though they're burning in America, the smoke is drifting up. We've got worse smoke in Vancouver than they have in Oregon where the actual fires are. And it's literally just the way the wind blows. I feel bad for everybody there. Uh, I think some people know that my daughter lives in British Columbia. She goes to school out there. And I've texted her a couple of times every day to find out how bad it is. She says it is I think the last text was really, really, really bad. Like, it's hard to breathe when you go outside because That's, the air is so bad. Oh, come on. It's just the last thing we all need, you know? Uh, climate change, quickly. Let's get all the deniers all pissed off here. Scientists say this is evidence of rapid climate change, in addition to the fires burning out of control, by the way. By the way, two years' worth of burn has happened in a week down there. That's how bad these fires are. But more evidence of climate change. A big chunk of Greenland's ice cap, the Arctic's largest remaining ice shelf, just broke off. This chunk is estimated at 110 square kilometers in size. It's separated from the shelf at the front end of the northeast Greenland ice stream where it flows off land and into the ocean. Yeah. And they were predicting this would probably happen, right? Okay. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. They've been predicting this was going to happen. Not this was sort of a, a worst case scenario. No, yeah. they also weren't expecting it was going to happen 
in 2020. Yeah. This was something that down the line would become a big issue, not in 2020. This is scary shit, Kat. It's scary. I mean, you saw the day after tomorrow. That could totally happen. (laughs) (laughs) Every single detail of it. No, it is freaky. You know, it's freaky. And and, and like I mentioned in your last story, that's one of the things. You know, all of these environmental things that are happening, not all of them are linked to climate change. This one you're talking about certainly is. Certainly is. And you can deny all you want, whoever. Ice melts because the planet's warmer. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's freaky because you look at everything happening right now and you're like, what am I doing? I don't know. For me, anyway, it's like, should I have brought kids into the world right now? I don't know. Like, it is such a messed up messed up spot that we are in right now some places in the world worse than others but as a people it should matter it should just matter that we're you know we're all affected as humans and it really 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 and animals and animals of course even if you're an animal lover maybe that's all you care about this is affecting animals very very badly well said and on that we will say thank you very much for downloading after nine everybody we will be back with another edition at least two more coming this week have yourselves a good one. Bundle up. It is freaking cold outside because fall just, it just showed up and won't leave. <laughs> but we are heading into the final weekend of summer just around the corner. Have yourselves a good one. And if you need to message us about anything, ask yourself, do you need to message us about anything? And if the answer is yes, at Scott Fox on air on Instagram or at Cat on air on Instagram. And for goodness sake, click subscribe. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.